Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. It is Thursday night. I believe it's the 25th of September. And uh, thanks for joining, as you always do, whether live here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday evening or at any time over the course of the next few days, whether you're listening on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. We do appreciate it. Joining me, as he always does, every Thursday night, and we're going to talk about a bunch of things tonight, but as he has since really the summer, since football season has taken over the show, um, joining me via the telephone tonight, Mr. Douglas to Dallas. Doug, happy Thursday. Our Giants are in the lead. How are you, my friend? Anthony, I am, I am outstanding. Uh, the Giants, well, they're not losing. They don't look great, but they look like they're not losing. So, uh, you know what? Thursday night, <laughs> watching Giants, <laughs> I'm happy enough. There you go. That's a great analogy. They look like they're not losing. Um, <laughs> that might be their motto this year. But uh, <laughs> we're going to get to the Giant game. We're going to get to all the action for the weekend. Uh, we're going to, uh, in just a few minutes, want to remind everybody, phone lines are open. Feel free to give us a call, 347-838-8088. Last couple of weeks, we've had some callers. It's been a lot of fun. So give us a buzz, 347-838-8088. Don't forget, go to rotoballer.com, draftvalet.com. I'm a proud uh, employee, I guess you could say, of both of those great, terrific fantasy sports sites. Uh, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show comes to you every Thursday at 10 o'clock. You can follow it on Twitter at A-A-N-I-A-N-O, that's A-A-N-I-A-N-O, Fantasy, as well as follow the show on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Uh, don't forget, I'm also a co-host of Roto Baller Fantasy Sports Radio every Tuesday night, 9.30, as Raphael Rab and I will cover all the waiver wire, ad drop, uh, fun stuff right after the weekend's action ends. Doug, let's start with the Giant game, the Giant Redskin game Thursday night, and it's been uh, it's been okay, not the most exciting game. I got to be honest, I've been sitting in the studio here, flipping between that and my New York Mets, who have a six four lead here in the top of the ninth. Uh, they, the Washington Nationals lost again today to the Orioles. Magic number is four. If the Mets hold on, the magic number will be three, and we get close to uh, me sitting in the living room dumping champagne over my own head. But um, you know. Some people will say, Doug, well, let me go through the stats first, actually. It's 15-6 at the half, the Giants with the lead, and, and to be honest, the Redskins haven't done much. Kirk Cousins, 98 yards passing in an interception. Prince of Mukamura had that, uh, led to the Giants' touchdown. Matt Jones, only 33 yards on the ground after a big game last week. Alfred Morris has done nothing, four carries for 11. Receiving side of things, Pierre Garçon leads the way with 3 for 35. Jordan uh, Reed, 2 for 24. So you're not getting much fantasy value out of any of the Redskins. On the, on the Giants side of the ball, Eli's 14 to 20 for 148. No touchdowns, no picks. Not much there. And your standard 25 points, 25 yards per point league, he's only giving you five points. I did not use Eli Manning this week. I had a choice between him and Russell Wilson. I'm going with Russell Wilson against the Bears. Andre Williams is the leading rusher for the Giants. Six carries, 15 yards, and a touchdown. Rashad Jennings, Shane Vereen have been non-factors. Ruben Randall, who I can't trust, three for 47. Odell Beckham, probably the, in a PPR league, is at least closing in on 10 points. He's five catches for 45. He's on pace for at least a 90-yard game and 10 catches. Larry Donnell, only one for four. Rashad Jennings, two catches for 25 yards. 
Doug, nothing really going on here. Maybe if you play the Giants defense for some fluky reason, they can bring you some points. But, you know, for years, Doug, before you, you had joined the program, this show and other shows I've been on have maintained, unless you're utilizing a superstar, an Odell Beckham-like superstar, avoid that Thursday night matchup. The games are sloppy. Uh, players are sluggish. You're just not getting the normal production. I mean, looking at this game, I think it says it all. Last two games, the Redskins have had 100-yard rushers. Alfred Morris in week one, Matt Jones in week two. They're not even going to sniff that, it seems, this week. Uh, your thoughts on the Thursday night game in general, fantasy-wise, Do you are you willing to play guys, or does it, if you're debating between two players, whoever they may be, do you choose the Sunday afternoon guy instead of the Thursday night guy? Well, you know, if it's, it's like you said, if it's the big-name guys, you know, if you have uh, a, uh, for example, you know, uh, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham, you know, one of the Demarius Thomas, Peyton Man, if you have one of the big guys going Thursday night, then you play it. If you have the guys like uh, Donnell or Ruben Randall or Shane Vereen, I mean, I think the proof is in the pudding, Anthony. Right now, like I said, they, it's a very ho-hum game. I mean, it's a home game for us. I wish I was there. It would be nice to be out at the game. But besides that, you know, it's, it's a very black kind of game. And it's a, you know, it's a division rival. You think I, I thought it was going to be a, a, uh, you know, a free-for-all. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just kind of like barely keeping me awake here. Yeah. I mean, if you look back, or just even last year's Thursday night matchups, uh, unless it was a superstar, you know, the Alfred, the, the, the Odell Beckhams, like you said, the fantasy value, for whatever reason, is just not there. I personally avoid the Thursday night. Alfred Morris, you know, Matt Jones, those are guys you would have considered. And, you know, on Twitter, I put out there that these are guys you could start. But as a general rule of thumb, if I have an, at least an equal option, I'm going to play the Sunday guy. It's a couple of extra days of rest. It's a couple of days extra practice. And uh, I, I just think that makes a, a big difference in in your fantasy value there. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on this game as the second half uh, starts. Doug, next thing I wanted to talk about, and we'll get to all the games in a minute, but let's be honest. There are owners out there that are scrambling this week, right? Tony Romo with the broken collarbone. Uh, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but the Cowboys might be fantasy irrelevant right now. Joseph Randall's been mediocre. Dez is out. Randall's out. Witten, I don't think, has any operating legs right now. They're all banged up. Uh, Terrence Williams is an okay ball player, but now he doesn't have Tony Romo throwing on the ball. But you got Romo, you got Drew Brees with a shoulder issue, Cutler with a hamstring issue. Those are definitely two, maybe three starting quarterbacks in the world of fantasy football who are banged up. Where do you go? You know, uh, I, I mean, I know in some leagues there's been some wacky ad drops, but in general, where you go? Are you taking a chance? Are you picking up Brandon Whedon for Tony Romo? Are you flying with the rookies, Winston or Mariota, if they're available? Derek Carr, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Jets. If you don't have a backup, or, and Doug, I think you'll agree with me, it's entirely possible that somebody drafted Breeze or Romo as their starter and went with Jay Cutler as a backup. You know that situation exists because Buck Cutler in a 12-team is probably a good backup. Where are you, who are you looking for on the waiver wire out of some of those names I mentioned? Um, it's funny you say that, because I'm, I'm one of those guys that's scrambling quite a bit. I have Tony Romo in three out of my four leagues. Uh, wow. And, and 
and I don't know why. I, you know, I just, I just had faith, I guess. Three, three, uh, nine, I think one of those leagues, I took a backup. I took Matt Stafford. He's not somebody I'm, you know, doing cartwheels over either. So uh, you know how I'm looking at Luckily, Anthony, people hit the panic button for Cam Newton, and he's out there. I grabbed him in one league. I'm going to grab him in another league uh, tonight. And, uh, I mean, if, if, if you're lucky, if you're like me and you're lucky, some people hit the, uh, the panic button for Cam Newton. He might be out there. You definitely grab him. Um, but I'm looking at Brandon Whedon. It's funny you mentioned him. I was going to ask you about him. He went 7 for 7 for 73 yards and one touchdown. Is that enough to convince you to pick him up? For me, not quite. If it's, if it's really if it's a deep league, you know, 14 league, 16 league, then you may not have a choice but to grab him. But for a 10, 12 team league, I'm looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was 22 for 34 last week for 244 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, I actually wouldn't have a problem with you picking up Kirk Cousins either. He's he's a guy he may not win you the week, but he's probably not going to lose it for you either. Uh, well, he's losing but, it for you right now. If you went with him, he's got what 98 yards and an interception. So he hasn't done anything this week. Um, well, so that's you know, you're playing, I, high, you're playing high side there, Anthony. You know, you're talking about last week to this week. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a I'm not a Cousins guy. He gets intercepted though too much. You know, I right. got to be honest, and and I said this on the Tuesday show. I am all in at this point. If I have to, I'm all in on David Carr of the Oakland Raiders. Uh, week one, he left the game with a hand injury. Last week against Baltimore, they let him throw the ball 46 times. He threw 351 yards and three touchdowns. His next two games are against the Cleveland Browns and Chicago Bears, uh, both teams you could throw the ball against. You got Amari Cooper there developing as a, as a wide receiver. Michael Crabtree has actually played well, shocking a lot of us. Um, you know, Derek Carr, a second-year guy, he threw for 20 touchdowns last year. Am I crazy in saying I can survive with Derek Carr? Or, or would you rather a, a Tyrod Taylor of Buffalo or Fitzpatrick, let's say, of the Jets? You know, I, I feel more – I always liked – uh, Fitzpatrick, he's uh, even when he was in uh, Houston, you know, I I, I liked him. I, I had him for a couple of leagues as a, as a um, an injury flyer and a, a bye week guy. You know, he, he's doing pretty well right now. He has all the tools he needs. He's got a solid running game with Ivory just going beast mode behind him. His line is solid. Uh, Decker is. Uh, I don't want to say overachieving. He's just, he's just, he's, you know what he's doing? He's showing that it wasn't a fluke just because he had paid Manning with him in Denver. Right. And, uh, and Marshall is, uh, I don't want to say reborn, but definitely rejuvenated. So I would have mm-hmm. no problem with uh, Fitzpatrick. As far as Carr, uh, am I all in? I'm not all in, but I'm, I would say, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Anthony, if I'm playing in a keeper league, um, I would definitely pick him up and possibly keep him for next year. He's one of those guys that uh, next. I mean, he's making a nice step forward this year. Next year, I, I'm probably even more. Um, I have no problem with uh, Derek Carr. Blake Bortles is another guy. He, last week, not too bad. 18 for 33, 273 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he's playing, and it, you know, it's tough with Blake Bortles this week. He's playing New England, so yeah. you know he's going to be behind pretty damn fast. Now, the yeah. problem is, is he, you know, he'll be chucking it left and right. He'll basically have no choice. You know, he's probably going to be good for two picks. Is he going to be good for 250 right. yards, a couple of touchdowns? That, that's the gamble with mm-hmm. him. Right. 
No, I agree. And I agree with you on Fitzpatrick. Uh, four touchdowns, two interceptions. You know he's going to get picked. Fitzpatrick is going to get intercepted every game at least once. Uh, he's got Philadelphia. He's got Miami. Let me ask you this question about filling in the quarterback. Let's say you're a Romo owner, and you've got to survive to, let's say, week eight, week nine, whatever it may be. Um, will the quarterback who's replacing Romo, will their bye week play a factor in that? For example, you know, uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a bye week of five. Derek Carr has a bye week of ten. Colin, I mean, I'm, of, uh, of six. Colin Kaepernick has a bye week of ten. If you have a fab budget, let's say you have a budget of $100, would you only want to have to bid on that replacement quarterback <clears throat> once? So, therefore, pick the guy who's got that bye week in week 9 or week 10 instead of having to, say, add Fitzpatrick or Derek Carr and then in two weeks have to put a bid in again for somebody else to replace him on that bye week? Will the bye week play a factor in finding somebody off the waiver wire? Um, You know what? I think you you can't let it be a factor. I mean, you've got to pick the best guy available, and then you have to grab another guy during the bye week. It's just the way it is, you know, especially in your deeper leagues. You may not have a choice here, Anthony. You know, what about what about Jameis Winston? Three touchdowns, two picks. He's only thrown for 417 yards, about 210 yards per game in his first two. He's got Houston, Carolina, and Jacksonville leading up to the bye. Um, he's getting Mike Evans back, which is a, a huge improvement for him at the wide receiver position. Vincent Jackson's good. He's not great. He's lost Safar and Jenkins, the tight end. He's going to be out for about a month. But Mike Evans is returning. We know Mike Evans is a wide receiver one. Does the return of Mike Evans make you lean towards Jameis Winston, or are you just staying away from the rookie QBs? I'm sorry, Anthony. My, my beer went down the wrong pipe. Uh, it happens. It happens. It does happen to the best of us. Uh, you know what? I have no problem taking uh, taking Jameis Winston. Winston. Uh, we spoke about him the other week. Um, I'm not high on him. But, uh, you know, um, I say I'm about a, a high medium on him. You know, Mike Evans being – I mean, you know what? And I'll be honest with you, I was, I was thinking earlier today about uh, Vincent Jackson. He, to me, he's like the Roddy White of two years ago. He's not the, the stud on the block anymore, but he's a guy that, you know, when you're covering the stud, he still has some talent left. He still has a lot of ability left. He had a good week last week. Um, I would have, I mean, and we're probably going to get to this later on. I have no problem starting Vincent Jackson, especially with Mike Evans. You know, you're going to have to try to double him up because uh, he's a beast. But Jameis Winston, getting back to him, uh, you know what? With Mike Evans coming back, they're going to be a, a, a serious offense to deal with. I don't know. The defense is going to hurt them, so they'll be chucking the ball a lot, which will probably be good, you know, a few picks here and there. But as far as Jameis Winston, he's definitely a guy I would keep on my radar. And again, deeper leagues, I'd probably grab him. Sixteen league uh, team, league fourteen team league. He's probably a guy I would definitely mm-hmm. pick up. Yeah, he's probably already owning a lot of those. The twelve team leagues is where it gets interesting. Uh, as Doug is is gagging away. Last week he had no voice. This week he's hawking up a storm. I don't know what goes on in that house, Doug. I really don't. <laughs> but um, you know, Doug, let's take a look now at some of the Sunday matchups. Giants are currently <laughs> driving here. Uh, Beckham's over ten fantasy points right now in a PPR league. But let's start with the other with the one o'clock games, and we'll start with Philadelphia at the Jets. Jets defense has been playing great. Eagles offense looks god awful. 
last week. What does DeMarco Murray have? 88 yards total on the ground through two games. He looks nothing like the player he was last year. This has all the makings of an absolute debacle in Philadelphia this season. Let's start with the Eagles. We'll talk about some of their skill players, Sam Bradford, DeMarco Murray, to a lesser extent, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles. Um, who in there? I'm personally against this Eagle defense. I'm probably starting DeMarco Murray because I took a second-round pick on him, and you've got to figure he's going to do something eventually. I'll roll with Jordan Matthews because in junk time last week, he ended up putting up junk points near the end. He was shut out for three quarters. I'll roll with Jordan Matthews. I will roll with DeMarco Murray for one last time and see if he gets it together. What about you? Is there anybody else on the Philadelphia side of the ball, Agolar, Zach Ertz, any of the other running backs, Bradford, that you would play in this matchup against the Jets? Uh, no. I would play Jordan <laughs> Matthews. I mean, <laughs> I'll just get to the point. No, I wouldn't. I'd play Jordan Matthews. Uh, would you play Murray? Depends on who I had behind him. Behind him, um, if he was my number one, you know what? I mean, odds are he was your first running back taken, right? But if I have behind him, say uh, a Chris Ivory and uh, a Doug Martin, or maybe who else could be? Uh, who's another guy who'd be like a fourth, fifth round guy? What about like a Devonta Freeman who's going to be starting in Atlanta? You know, I was thinking about Freeman. I wouldn't start Freeman over him. Uh, I, I think uh, Freeman is the second best running back in that in that group. Um, but I mean, I, I wouldn't. I'll be honest with you. I would not have a problem benching him. I wouldn't. I'd start him over Matt Jones. Um, would you start Danny Woodhead over Demarco Murray in a PPR format? I probably would, yes. I have him lined yeah. up uh, now. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, I, I would probably start over him. Deion Lewis, I would probably start over him. Um, I'm telling you right now, wow. for me, Anthony, he's not a must-start. And he's a guy I might be using the trade bait. Actually, you know, that's, that's a mind. Like you said, is he going to get things uh, moving soon? Who knows? Uh, during the offseason, they were talking up the – Philadelphia offensive line saying that they may be the best. Some people are saying they're the best line in the NFL over the Dallas Cowboys. They and ended the season last year ranked higher than Dallas, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, right now they're not really uh, proving that case. So it's, you know, it, I mean, I don't know what's going on over there. It's, right now the only person I would start is Jordan Matthews, and Jordan, and I wouldn't be thrilled. I would do it if I had to. Uh, Ertz, I'm not starting. Um, uh, DeMarco Murray, he's not a must star for me anymore. You know, uh, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. I, I can't. Yeah, I, I mean, Murray, like right you now. said, if you, now, uh, if you have options behind Murray, I totally understand it. Even Jordan Matthews, if Darrell Revis plays and he's a little nicked up, Jordan Matthews is going to be covered by Darrell Revis. And that's even going to make it tough for Matthews. Now, having said that, I think you got to play Matthews. I'm not starting Bradford, and I agree with Doug, I'm not starting any of those guys. Doug, what about uh, would you start the Jets defense? Um, well, it's it's funny you mention that because I have them in two leagues, and uh, I was going back and forth. Um, fortunately for both of those leagues, I have two defenses. I, I know you're not a believer of two defenses, Anthony. I don't no. mind having two defenses. Um, especially when I have the Jets and I have the Patriots, and they are great matching up. So this week I have. 
the Jets versus the Eagles, which is pretty enticing. However, I also have the Patriots versus the Jaguars. So I'm probably going to start the Patriots over the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah I could. I, guess, I would yeah, probably make the same but, move. Yeah. Now, but, uh, the Eagles, uh, Jets, as bad as the Eagles have played, I'd say as bad as the Eagles have played, they could explode at any moment. I think that's, the Jaguars have the less part. of the ability to explode. Right, right, right. Doug, what about the Jets side of the things? We talked about Fitzpatrick a little bit. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker doesn't look like he's going to play with the knee, so let's remove him from the equation. Uh, I would think Brandon Marshall, Chris Ivory are both pretty much must-starts this week. Yeah, I agree. Brandon Marshall uh, looking close to his old self. He'll never be his old self, but he looks he looks pretty damn good, I'll say that. Chris Ivory, Anthony, you uh, during the preseason, you were talking him up a lot. I liked him a lot, too. You loved him, I liked him, and you were spot on. The guy is just a beast. He had a bad reputation uh, in New Orleans, because he would get nicked up once in a while. Although, he, you know, a few years back, he did help win me a championship off the waiver wire, because he played real well in New Orleans. And uh, you know what? He's one of those guys, he's just, somehow he's still underrated. I mean, people, mm-hmm. you, I think you got him, what, in the, in the seventh round? Eighth yeah. round, something like that? I mean, what, what, a, what, oh, yeah. what a bargain that is. What an absolute bargain. And he's, uh, for me, he's a must-start this week. I would easily, easily start him over DeMarco Murray. Interesting. Chris Ivory on the season, he's averaged about 74 yards a game. He's got two touchdowns, so he's running solid. Uh, um, 17 <clears throat> carries on average. He's getting the workload, and he was a little nicked up last week. Uh, Brandon Marshall has 163 yards already through two games and two touchdowns. He's been terrific, and he's really made Fitzpatrick's job a heck of a lot easier. He's been the wide receiver one they've needed. Eric Decker slid into the wide receiver two spot. Decker like we said, the name probably not going to play after the Monday night injury. So uh, be aware of that. Um, uh, make me t- things a little tougher on Marshall, but I'm not afraid to play Brandon Marshall. Doug, next game I want to move on to, New Orleans Saints against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, reports are that Drew Brees, um, you know, may or may not play. That's not set in stone yet. The Saints are hopeful his injured shoulder won't be a hindrance. So we got to see what happens. Monitor that situation. Now, Mark Ingram, I think we agree, is a must-start. Coleman, Cooks, C.J. Spiller are the other three players. <clears throat> Does Drew Brees' status affect theirs, or is, especially Brandon Cooks? Is Brandon Cooks a must-start no matter what? Or if Brees is out, are you benching all the Saints receivers? If Breeze is out, I'm going to bench all the uh, the Saints receivers. Um, hopefully, if you have Coleman, he may be. Hopefully, he's your number two wide receiver. You should have somebody to back him up. Um, yeah, I mean, Breeze, obviously, you know, he's one of those guys where people still drafting him high. He does – sometimes he does well. He, he, You know, he's up and down. He'll give you 10 points one week. He'll give you 45 the next. Uh, as far as the, his receivers, if he's out, I'm benching the receivers. Yeah, I agree. I actually took Brandon Cooks out of one lineup, um, replaced him with the red-hot Dante Moncrief of the of the Colts, who are going to be playing the Tennessee Titans. I think the Colts erupt. Uh, Ingram, you know, hasn't done much running. He's only got 77 yards through two games, but he has been solid in PPR. Uh, Cooks has 111 yards total on the season. It's about 55 yards a game. Hasn't gotten in the end zone. Breeze is accumulating yards, 610 yards through two games, with only two touchdowns to be going along with two interceptions. Folks, the Saints' offense is not what it was just two, three years ago. Doug, I think you agree with it. They're not the must-start players that they once were. No, they're not. I mean, they're 
the guys you want to start as far as must-start status, those days, uh, yeah, I think those days are over. I mean, as far as being a must-start. Uh, I wouldn't kill you stardom, but, I mean, you know, Breeze is, you know, he's slowly, I don't want to say deteriorating, but he's not the guy he was. Uh, I think he's probably a future Hall of Famer, but I think his best days are clearly behind him. Um, I, I love he's England behind him. He's still a top-12 fantasy quarterback, though, if healthy. Yeah, you know what? He is, but, I mean, he used to be top five. Right, you know? right, right, right. I mean, if he, yeah. listen, most people would kill to have his career the way he is now, let's be honest. But, you mm-hmm. know, comparing him to what he used to be, it's not there anymore. He's still he's right. still very, very good, but he used to be elite. He's not elite anymore. Right. Yeah, just a couple of years ago, you could have argued Brady, Breeze, or Manning as the first quarterback off the board. And, and you're right, those days have passed. Doug, Carolina side of the ball, Cam Newton, two games, only 370 yards through the air, three touchdowns, two interceptions, but he is rushing the ball effectively. Jonathan Stewart, uh, he's getting plenty of touches. He's gotten in, in two games 35 carries. That's 17 and a half carries per game, so he's getting opportunities, only averaging 3.4 yards per carry, though. Cam Newton, Jonathan Stewart against the Saints at home at Carolina. Um, I'll roll with both of those guys, Newton way more before Stewart. I kind of view Stewart as a as a as a low end RB two. Uh, Cam Newton is a low end QB one. Um, Stewart needs to show me a little bit more per carry. What do you think about those two guys? Yeah, I have uh, I have Cam and my and like I said, I, I picked him up in two leagues um, because Romo's down. And, you know, he's doing he's doing. Well, let's be honest, he's doing better than we thought, everyone thought he was going to do without Benjamin in the lineup. Um, yeah, I would go with those two. I would go with uh, Olsen, too, I think. Um, Olsen's not doing great, but uh, I think he's uh, definitely a, a you know, tight end number two. Um, I think uh, Funches, you could probably, I'm not big on him anymore. He, he had a lot of hype going in. As far as the wide receivers, I don't think I would start any of those guys for uh, for Carolina. No, I agree. I'm staying clear of the Carolina receivers. Olsen, I'll play. Still a top 12 tight end. Stewart, um, you know, Stewart's in a tough spot. He hasn't looked great, but he's getting the carries. Um, you know, for example, I'm in a league. I am going with Melvin Gordon, and my other debate is Devonta Freeman or Jonathan Stewart. Freeman's going against the Cowboys. I'm a little torn, but in a PPR format, I'm actually leaning towards Devonta Freeman. He didn't look great running the ball last week, but he caught plenty out of the backfield. He'll be the only running back this week for Atlanta. Um, so I have a little high hope there for Freeman. Doug, continuing with the 1 o'clock game, the Colts at the Titans. Colts have not looked good. We know that Andrew Luck is struggling. But let's everybody relax. Andrew Luck with five interceptions on the year already. Um, but I don't care. If I'm an Andrew Luck owner, you have to play him at Tennessee. You have to play T.Y. Hilton. I think you have to play Dante Moncrief who's been terrific, 168 yards and two touchdowns through two games, 12.9 yards per catch. Um, Andre Johnson, though, and Frank Gore, the older statesman there in, the, in Indianapolis, those are two guys uh, I'm kind of knocking off my must-start list. Yeah, you know, I, I have uh, Andre Johnson as my third wide receiver. I, I thought that would be a great, great flex move this season. And so far, it's not really panning out for me. Um, I, but the thing is, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to happen, but if there are people panicking over luck right now and they want to dump him, pick him up because the guy's going to explode. Yep. You know, people are going to, are going to bench him. You know, if, if they have like a, 
I think a, a, a possible scenario answer would be like having Luck, and then your backup is Rivers. People be playing Rivers because Luck's not doing that well. Um, but if they're panicking, you know, definitely grab him. Uh, this week he should he, he I mean he should tee, tee off on these guys this week against the Titans. I, I really I mean he's obviously for me he should be a must start anyway since he's probably you got him in the first second round if you extremely right. like the third round. Uh, but he's definitely a must start. He, he should go off. Um, he, he's got to go for three hundred yards, three touchdowns this week. I mean he's he's a proud guy like every big time quarterback, and he's not happy. You know he's reading the articles about him about how uh, how horrible he's doing, and he wants some vengeance this week. Yeah, I agree. I think Luck can really have a great game. Um, what about Frank Gore? Is he kind of like DeMarco Murray at this point with his 88 yards rushing? Are we looking elsewhere, or do we still have faith in Frank Gore? Uh, I guess the Titans, yeah, I would start Gore. I would have no problem if he's my uh, you know, flex, running back two or flex against the Titans. If, if they were playing the Jets or the Cardinals or the Seahawks, then no, I would not play him. But as of right now, against the Titans, I have no problem playing Gore. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not even sure if I'm going to bench Andre Johnson or not this week. Uh, but, I mean, almost almost all the starters for the Colts I would start this week. They're going to they're gonna go crazy this week. Fair enough. On the Tennessee side of things, Doug, Marcus Mariota. Now, he's got six touchdown passes, but he only has 466 yards. And he's only actually thrown the ball 53 times in two games. So what is that, about 26 passes per game. So they're not really trusting him with all that much. They're trying to keep it simple. He hasn't really run the ball much. Um, do we have faith in Mariota? Is he in discussion as being a starting fantasy quarterback, or have we just not seen enough yet? Um, I would have a problem starting him. If you're a Romo owner, by the way, Andre Williams just mowed over a guy, made him look silly, like yeah, uh, like he was playing that. in the schoolyard. That was, that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, he's probably only available in like ten, twenty percent of leagues right now. Marcus Mariota. Um, uh, if I had Romo, I would start him, no problem, because you know what, the Colts can put up a lot of yards, a lot of points, and they have to play catch up. As far as the Titans side of the ball, I would play Kendall Wright. I would play Marcus Mariota. You know, he'll probably throw a couple of picks because he'll probably be throwing the ball thirty-five times because he's trying to catch up to one of the biggest offenses in the league this year. Uh, or at least they probably will be. Um, but, yeah, I have no problem starting either of those guys, Wright or Mariotta. What about what about Bishop Sankey? He had a terrific uh, week one, was not good week two. Um, I don't know. I, own, I roster uh, Bishop Sankey in one or two leagues. I thought maybe I had something after week one, but I, I just don't – I can't trust him myself. i got to look at another option there. At best, he's an RB3. Yeah, I, I agree. He, uh, people are crazy about him. Um, I, I grabbed Cobb, hoping he would pan out this year, and he's uh, he's done till what week ten or twelve, 10, if not the entire right. season. Uh, and you know, people who thought, people who got uh, Sankey thought they got you know they struck it rich, they struck gold. Uh, I wasn't buying in. Um, if he's one of those guys, also if he's the, if the stock is high, try to get rid of them, rid of him. Um, I wouldn't start him this week, not even as a flex. I don't think I'll go. I'll look out. Yeah, I, I agree. Next game, Doug, on the agenda, the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Andy Dalton's looked good. 483 yards on the season. He's had 60 attempts, so he's getting 30 passes a game. Uh, He's averaged about 20 out of 30 in each of those games, so he's thrown about 67%. He's got five touchdowns on the season to no interceptions. A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, Marvin Jones uh, all playing a big role. 
Gio Bernard looks good. Jeremy Hill not so good last week. Two fumbles he's got benched. I'm not jumping off the cliff, though, with Jeremy Hill just yet. I still think he'll be okay. Um, there's a lot of fantasy options there for Cincinnati. Dalton is a low-end start, a nice injury replacement if you've lost Tony Romo. Uh, in a PPR league, I'll go Gio Bernard. I'll still roll Jeremy Hill. And I'll go Tyler Eifert and A.J. Green as well there, Doug. Uh, any disagreements or anybody I miss? No, not at all. He, uh, that's, a, that's a game where I would start every one of those guys. I got Dalton in one league uh, as, uh, as my backup because I lost um, Tony Romo. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and again, Anthony, if people are panicking about uh, um, Jeremy Hill, you know, you know, half of uh, well, half of uh, fantasy football is luck, half of it is skill, the other half is mind games. What, you know, any sucker who has Jeremy <laughs> Hill who's panicking, you know, take advantage of that, take advantage of the suckers in the league, and try to grab him because his stock is low. You know, he's going to bounce back. You know, he's not going to stay stay at the bottom of the heap. He's still going to be the starter. Um, so definitely try to grab Jeremy Hill. I would start him this week, especially with uh, Terrell Suggs now playing for he's He's done with the Ravens. That's a massive hit against the Ravens' defense. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I would start just about everybody, you know, even the water boy for the Bengals right now this week. As far <laughs> as the Ravens, uh, I would start Forsett. I'm not really comfortable starting anybody else this weekend. The Flacco had a big week, but, you know, I, I, I predicted last week, I said start him because he's going to bounce back. He had a massive week last week, and now he's going to bounce back the other way. I think, I think he's going to have a very good week. Uh, Cincinnati's a very tough defense, uh, pretty underrated, uh, but as far as starting for the Ravens, I'd start Forsett, I'd sit Flacco, I'd sit Steve Smith. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really play anybody else for the Ravens. How about you? What about the tight end from Baltimore, Gilmore, who had two touchdowns last week? Uh, is he worth coming off the waiver wire at the very least? You know, there are some tight ends beat up. you got Jason Winton with sprained knee and two sprained ankles. Safarin Jenkins is, is out for a month. Jimmy Graham is miserable, all reports in Seattle. They don't like, he doesn't like the way he's using them. He's got no action. He's miserable out there. Um, so there are some tight end situations that are a mess. Uh, is Gilmore worth adding coming off the two-touchdown game? You know, I, uh, you know everyone's jumping on his bandwagon right now because, I mean, it's, when people see two touchdowns, they, they go crazy. Um, I looked at him this week. He, I, the Bengals are going to shut down the tight end. I would not want to start him this week. Um, he, he, although he might be the number one option, I don't really know. Um, but, I mean, is he worth the fire? Yes. Is he a must-start? Definitely not. Um, I have uh, Jason Wittenhurt in two leagues. In one league, I have uh, Safarius Jenkins and Witten, and they're both, you know, either questionable or out. So I looked at Gilmore, and I, I passed on him. I took somebody else. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I don't mind adding Gilmore, but you're right. I wouldn't start him. You know, the problem with Gilmore is if he goes off for another touchdown this week, you're not going to be able to get him. So if you like yeah. him, grab him now. Uh, you don't want to start him, I'm okay with that. But you may want to grab him if he's available. All right, Doug, next 1 o'clock game, Pittsburgh at St. Louis. This one has some interesting fantasy impact. Le'Veon Bell returning for Pittsburgh from the two-game suspension. And it seems like Todd Gurley of the Rams is going to see the field this week. Let's start with Pittsburgh. Uh, St. Louis Rams defense is good, but that's not stopping me from playing Antonio Brown. Le'Veon Bell and uh, and Antonio Brown. I'll roll with all three of them. I know you will as well. Those are all no-brainers. You've been waiting for Le'Veon Bell. Does the return of Le'Veon Bell 
diminish, in your view, though, the value of Heath Miller? Um, diminish, you know, you know, a little bit, because uh, one thing uh, during the preseason that uh, Ben Rothberger says, he says, we need to score at least 33 points a game. <clears throat> and, you know, they have to utilize all those tools. I mean, Bell should go off, I think, this week. He's healthy. You know, he's he's chomping at the bit to get out there. Uh, will it diminish uh, Heath's Heath value? Yeah, sure it will, a little bit. Um, but as far as not playing Heath Miller because of that, no, I would not bench him because of that. I would definitely roll Heath Miller as a starting uh, tight end if he's available. Uh, he's been snatching. He's like a Jason Witten. He just won't go away no matter how old he gets, no matter how every time he gets hurt. He bounces back, and he's still uh, pretty damn solid. So, uh, I mean, I would still start, start uh, Heath Miller. But, uh yeah, I'm, I have Bell in one league, and I'm very, very excited to get him out there. Does D'Angelo Williams, 41 carries, 204 yards, he's averaging five yards a carry, three touchdowns, with Le'Veon Bell, is there any way you would still use D'Angelo Williams as a flex play, hoping he gets 10 to 12 carries? Or do you think the return of Le'Veon Bell at this point just re- uh, uh, leaves D'Angelo Williams is a as a strict handcuff for Bell. You know, as of right now, I think it's a handcuff. We're going to need probably Anthony, a, 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 you know, at least a week or two or maybe three to see how they settle these things out. Because right now, I mean, I would if Bell was gone, if, if he suddenly you know decided he did a rookie Williams and just quit football, you know, I would not have no problem starting Daniel Williams every week. So he's definitely still a talent. He still has plenty of gas in the tank. So. Uh, as far as you know, a flex play, I, I couldn't really say I wouldn't. I wouldn't flex him yet. Uh, you know, we'll see how they uh, how things pan out in Pittsburgh. Right now, obviously, Bell's a, a must start. Daniel Williams, I'd be I'd be too afraid to start him right now as a flex. To be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you just don't know how much action he's going to get. Doug, right. what about Todd Gurley on the other side of things for the Rams? He's the player people have been waiting for. Are you ready to thrust this kid into your fantasy lineup? Or with the, the Trey Mason and the Benny Cunninghams there, even with Gurley returning, do you need to see how that workload is going to be shared? That, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, you know, if you, if you drafted him, you probably drafted him around the, the fourth round, maybe even the third. If you were lucky, the fifth or sixth round, people were, were you know, talking him up big time. Uh, you know, if, if you got him, play him. And Donnell just did a flip for some reason. If you're watching the football yeah. game, I don't know why I did see that. he did it. That was just bizarre. Uh, Three for you know, thirty-two for Donnell. You know what? If if you got him, play him. You know he's one of those guys where uh, a friend of mine drafted him. He goes, you know what? I'm I'm going for broke, and that's the way it has to be with him. Either you know, either you're in or you're out. So as of right now, for me, if I had him, he's probably your running back two. Um, I say go for it, play him. Yeah, you know the the only I the only way I don't play him, and I'm not I, I'm not as certain as I'm not as certain as you are about starting him. Um, you know, I may very well have survived week one and week two without him, right. and because of that, uh, if I'm surviving at the running back position, if I've got two guys giving me twelve to fifteen points a game, maybe it's Danny Woodhead, maybe it's uh, Lewis in New England. You know, maybe I'm surviving. There's a touchdown to Odell yeah. Beckham. Oh, that was a tremendous play pass, an even better catch. I mean, this guy is an um, just unbelievable. Really unbelievable. Dance, <laughs> yeah, the, the Giants trying not to blow this game. 24-6 to now. 
30-yard touchdown pass. We'll go through it's the stats still early. in just a minute. It's still early. Yeah, I know. There's still 13 minutes left. But we'll go through the stats in a minute. But, you know, you understand what I mean? No, Doug, if I've been surviving with Woodhead or, or I added Dion Lewis, at least I've got guys who I think have a role that I could kind of expect what to get from them. Um, I, I don't want to start somebody who's that uncertain. So monitor the reports. Monitor our Twitter feed. We'll keep you updated on what we hear about what's going on with with the Rams. So um, Gurley's tempting, but I may need to see him on the field just to see how the carries break down. Um, Doug, quick update on today's game now. Eli Manning's up to 238 yards and one touchdown. So what is that, four, eight, nine, nine? It's about a 15-point game. Running attack hasn't done much. Uh, Vereen, 23 yards. Rashad Jennings, 23 yards. Andre Williams leads him in carries. He's got 29. Odell Beckham is up 7 for 79 with a touchdown. So that's over a 20-point game for him. Ruben, 6 for 75. Ruben Randall, Larry Donnell, 3 for 32. Washington side of things, they have not done much. Jordan Reed, four catches for 55 yards to really have the only fantasy uh, decency on the Washington side of the ball. Doug, San Diego, Minnesota. Um, let's start with the Chargers. Phillip Rivers has looked good this year. He's at 644 yards through two games, almost 70 pass attempts. You know he's just gunslinging it all over the place. Four touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, he's a low-end starting quarterback with some injuries. He's probably bumped up. I don't mind using Rivers against Minnesota. My question for you, though, is Keenan Allen. He had a monstrous game one. He was nearly invisible week two. Can you trust Keenan Allen, Doug? You know, Anthony, with with two weeks under your belt, who's to say? I mean, you probably drafted him pretty high. You probably drafted him as your most likely your number two wide receiver. I mean, do you got to play him at this point? I think you may have to play him anyway. Yeah, you know, that's just it. You probably drafted him as a wide receiver, too. He's shown enough to remain in the roster. I agree with you. Doug, what about the wide receivers in San Diego, uh, the running backs in San Diego? Um, Gordon and Woodhead in a PPR league. I'm willing to go with both of them. Gordon had 88 yards last week, ran the ball well. Woodhead in a PPR format is 15 points a game. I like them both as a running back, too. Yeah, you know, I mean... Last week you, you kind of teased me because I, I basically had the entire offense of San Diego as a, as a start, and you know uh, I'm, besides Ladarius Green because he has head problems right now, I'm kind of in the same same situation. I mean they're a, they're a pass first offense. Um, Rivers, I, I don't know if we would call him underrated. I mean he's ranked 15th every season. He's ranked 15th, 16th. They everyone hates him. Everyone says he's done. And then he signed a big contract, and he's doing really well. So, I mean, I, I, I don't have a problem with starting anybody for the Chargers. Yeah, their offense is good. We know that. They're 1-1 one one on the season. What about Minnesota, Doug? Adrian Peterson with a monster game. He's back. He's a must-start. Mike Wallace has been okay. Charles Johnson, the other wide receiver for Minnesota, he's been non-existent. Bridgewater has not been as good as people hoped. 384 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Are you willing to roll with a Wallace? Do you think Charles Johnson rebounds, and do you trust Bridgewater at all? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bail on Bridgewater yet. If I'd rather have him on my bench than a starter. Um, Kyle Rudolph, I think, is uh, doing pretty well as a tight end. The number of the D's, he's, he's averaging about, what, about 10, 11, 12 uh, points a game. Uh, as far as Mike Wallace, you know, 
hopefully, Anthony, you have a better option than Mike Wallace and Charles Johnson because, you know, you need to, a couple of weeks to see if they were going to pan out, if the hype, you know, the preseason hype was just just that, just hype, or if it's going to pan out. It's kind of hard to say. So it's kind of hard to read with these guys right now. Yeah, you know, really on that side of the ball, uh, Adrian Peterson is the only must-off for me. Other guys can be useful, but I'm not tripping over myself to get them in the lineup. Doug, and what has to be one of those most least anticipated games of the year? The Oakland Raiders are traveling to Cleveland to play the Browns. Um, we mentioned Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr. I recommend owning Derek Carr. I liked him before the season started. The kid had 20 touchdowns, and he didn't have anything to work with last year. Amari Cooper, Latavius Murray, Michael Crabtree, they've changed that. Carr looked great last week. Um, if you wanted to start him against Cleveland as an re- injury replacement, go for it. I don't think it's outrageous. Latavius Murray should have a big game. Cleveland gives up over 150 yards on the ground so far this season per game. I expect Murray to finally get going. And Amari Cooper, you saw why he was viewed as the best wide receiver in the draft. He had a great game last week against Cleveland, even on the road. Um, I start Murray, I start Cooper, and Derek Carr an emergency could be okay. Yeah, I agree. I have uh, Latavius Murray uh, in one league, and he's definitely going to be starting in my league. Uh, and, you know, on the other side of the ball, are, are you jumping on the Travis Benjamin bandwagon? Last week he had three receptions for 115 yards. He had two touchdowns, and, you know, people are going crazy over him. Are, 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 are you going to wait a bit? Are you going to jump on the bandwagon? What do you think? I think you've got to grab him now if you want him, because if he does it again, he's done. You're not getting him. Um, right. You know, here's what's interesting, though. The guy only has six catches. On the season, he only has six receptions. Now, with those six receptions, he has 204 yards. He's averaging 34 yards a catch and three touchdowns. It's a number that's just not sustainable. It's just not. And if, people, no. you know, and if you're in a standard league, you're, you're more than willing to take a flyer on him. But if he's only going to get three catches a game, he's not going to go three for 102 every week. It's just, it's just not doable. But if you like him, you've got to grab him. Because if he does it again, you could forget about adding him. He'll be done. Going to be interesting, though, to see how he performs without Johnny Manziel. In the Cleveland Browns being the Cleveland Browns, some of the worst decision makers in the history of the NFL. You know, Johnny Manziel hasn't been great, but he hasn't been terrible. He's thrown for 354 yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. He can make plays with his feet. And they're benching him for Josh McCown. What do you need to see out of Josh? You're clearly a rebuilding team in Cleveland. What do you need to see out of Josh McCown? You and I can break down film on Josh McCown. And and Johnny Manziel is this huge unknown. He's given a little bit of a spark. He's turned Travis Benjamin into a legitimate player. I, I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Manziel's going to the bench. I just don't get it. But uh, Benjamin, I'm worth taking a flyer on as a as a as a waiver wire ad, but I probably won't put him in my lineup um, against Oakland. I'm willing to take a fly though on Isaiah Crowell. Only 92 yards on the season, but he's gotten in the end zone. Crowell could be a low end running back too. That's really all I'd look for in Cleveland. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, very important, uh, Benjamin. He's only had seven targets. In the two games, so they're not really looking his way a hell of a lot. I mean, he was three for three for targets and reception in the first game, and a four, uh, three for four in the second one. But yeah, I agree. I mean, you grab him, 
you hope that he's uh you know he becomes gold while he's on your bench. You keep him in a dynasty league, possibly. I mean, but but yeah, you know, Anthony, you're right. They're they're they're, they're perpetually uh, rebuilding team every year, no matter what. And Johnny Manziel, whether you like the guy or not, whether you're on the bandwagon or not, whether you can't stand him with the money sign or not, I mean, at this point, you know, just just let him let the go of the reins and just let him fly, you know. Yeah, and I'm and anybody who ever listened to me, I like Johnny Manziel. In fact. I like this new Johnny Manziel. Um, you could say what you want about Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. You could say what you want about him as a rookie. But you know what? I give the guy credit. This offseason, he knew his life was not going down the right track. He went to rehab. He cleaned things up. He stopped doing the, the, the money sign that you mentioned. You haven't seen him in the tabloids. He's refocused on football. That at least now the question about Johnny Manziel at the ripe old age of 21 is not maturity questions. It's this year, is he good enough to be an NFL quarterback? And, and that, I'm just, I'm just happy to see that that's now the question, not maturity issues. Uh, it seems to me Johnny Manziel took the kick to the nuts, swallowed it, and and is at least now trying to say I can be an NFL player, and he's not letting other things distract him. You know me, Doug. I will never let the mistakes of a kid, and that's what Johnny Manziel was, 19, 20-year-old kid, uh, uh, dictate the rest of his life. Um, at least now the questions about Manziel are on the field and not off, and let's let letting people judge him based on that. But Cleveland's not even going through that judgment because they're going back to Josh McCown. Yeah, you know, you're right, Anthony. I mean, you're hoping that the guy is sincere. I mean, you're hoping that he's really – I mean, it's very rare, Anthony, that these guys make this change for the better. You know, once in a while – and this is not uncommon in any pro sport. These guys, you know, they screw up. And like you said, they take the kick to the nuts, and then they come back for a couple of weeks or, or even a season, and then they go back to their old ways. And, you know, you hope that he's – uh Really making a, uh, a change for the better. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, but you know, I, I agree. He's, he's a young kid, and, and, and like you said, he, he was a kid. He screwed up. You're hoping that he's sincere with with the changes he's making. But I mean, I, mean, I say, you know, he was a first rounder. Let the reins go. Let him go, and just see what right. he does. And I, and I hate to put this spin on Anthony, but the guy, he's exciting, and the fans are going to buy his jersey, and they're going to buy the yeah. merchandise, and they, and you know, I mean. Unfortunately, that's a big part of, of of football and sports in general. It's just the merch. So, I mean, I, I think it would be a, p- a good decision at this point to just let him go. I See agree. I agree, Doug. I agree. Anthony, real All quick, right, Doug, uh, Atlanta. Uh, real quick, oh, I want to give sorry. you a, a hypothetical. I know we're going back a couple teams. Um, we're talking about Gurley. If you had to start two guys, and I think this is a very, very – uh, Possible draft. Let's say you picked Forsett first, then Gurley, then a Spiller and a Vereen. Are you going to start Gurley over in, in two of those four guys? Probably not. No, probably not. I just, I, I don't. My fear is with Gurley. Until I hear otherwise, he's going to split carries with Cunningham and Mason. All three <clears> of them are going to get seven carries for thirty-five yards. And what did that just do for me? You know, until okay. I could see Mason at least giving me 12 to 15 carries, uh, I, I, I can't – oh, girl, he's giving me 12 to 15 carries. 
I can't put too much faith in it. I, I think he's going to be – I think within three or four weeks, we're going to be gushing over Gurley. I think we're going to all be saying put him in his lineup. I just can't do it yet. Okay, fair enough. All right, Doug, Atlanta going to Dallas, and this is like the Dallas B team. No Dez, uh, uh, no Romo. Joseph Randall leads the team with 116 yards rushing, only 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, Lance Dunbar has been solid in PPR format if you want to take a flyer on him. I understand that. You can throw the ball on Atlanta. But with Brandon Whedon at the helm, even though he went 7 for 7, 73 yards in a touchdown, <clears throat> can you trust Terrence Williams? And even if Jason Witten plays on the bad ankles and the bad knees, would you still use Jason Witten? Um, well, like I said before, Anthony, I have Witten in two leagues, and I'm looking elsewhere because you know what? Uh, he, he's he's old school, Jason Witten. You know what? He's he's not on paper. He's not the most talented guy. You know, he's not he's he's not a game changer. But in reality, he he kind of is. You know, he is a game changer, and he's banged up. His his number one wide receiver's gone. His quarterback's gone. And I can just see Jason Wynn being like, you know, put the, put everything on my shoulders, and I'll do what I can to get this team going. And right now, I just don't. I think he's so banged up. I just, I just don't trust him. I think he's going to go out there, Anthony, whether he should or not. He's probably going to play anyway. And I'm going to look elsewhere this week instead of him. You know, I mean, maybe if, if you're going to start him, I, I, you know, I'm not going to kill you for it. I would look elsewhere. Um, I think Beasley. We'll see how he. You know, he's one of those. Uh, Edelman type guys, the poor man's Edelman. We'll see if he pans out like a like a little scat wide receiver out of the yeah, slot. Yeah, he was disappointing last week. I put some faith in him, and that didn't work like I planned either. Um, you know, would you go? Let's say, for example, Richard Rogers or Jason Witten. Hmm. Can, can, can I say none of the above? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm honestly, honestly, I'm not comfortable with either of them. I'm not. If I if I had to choose, though, uh, to be fair, I'd say Witten over Richard Rodgers. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Doug, Atlanta side of things. Matt Ryan is a must start. I think obviously Julio Jones is a must start. Um, Tevin Coleman is out. Devonta Freeman. Uh, he, he put up a nice little game last week against the Giants. Uh, at the end of the game, with Coleman out of the game, I don't mind Devonta Freeman as a low end running back too. Maybe a flex play. Um, and Roddy White, Roddy White taking uh, a goose egg last week. I can't trust Roddy White anymore. I really can't. Leonard Hankerson got in the end zone for the Falcons. I'm not starting him knowing any leagues. But it just shows there's other options there in Atlanta. I can't trust Roddy White. I can't start him. No, Roddy, I mean, you know, again, borderline future Hall of Famer possibly. Uh, you know, I don't know his numbers off the top of my head. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the sun is set for Roddy White. I mean, the guy still has some talent, but as far as fantasy value, I, I think he's done. Hank, uh, Hankerson, he, he looked pretty good. You know, we'll, we'll see. He's, he's one of those guys, who, you know, see what it's like next year. I mean, right now it's not going to be – right now it's the Julio Jones show. It's not the Julio Jones-Roddy White show. It's not the Julio Jones-Hankerson show. So, I mean, Hankerson – uh, he's not. I wouldn't. I couldn't see a scenario right now where I would start him. I just can't. Roddy White, same no. thing. I can't see a scenario where I start him either. I agree. I agree, Doug. All right, Doug. We got a few minutes left. We're going to try to get through the remaining games here. Uh, okay. We'll go a little quicker here. Jacksonville 
traveling to New England. Um, Allen, the big questions in Jacksonville. Allen Robinson, TJ Yeldon, start or sit? Um, well, again, like we said before, they're going to be playing from behind real quick, the, the Jaguars. They're playing in New England. Um, although, Anthony, you know, I can see, you know how the Patriots once in a while, every few weeks, they'll just hand the ball off and, and run it, you know, 40 <laughs> times instead of passing it for 40 times. So I can see this being one of those weeks. He's going to run the ball. They're going to run over Jacksonville. Um, if they keep throwing the ball, like they've been doing, it's going to be, you know, 28 nothing by the end of the first half. And, uh, you know, they're going to be chucking the ball. And who's the guy they're going to chuck the ball to? Robinson? Uh, Yeldon? I, you know, their, their run defense is not that great in uh, New England as of right now. So I have no problem starting Yeldon. I'm going to start him in a couple of leagues. Robinson, I'm going to start him in a league because they'll be playing from behind and you got to throw the ball. Uh, that's the one yep. thing I'm, I'm nervous about with Bortles is they know he's going to be throwing the ball. I, I, I'll be honest, Anthony, I haven't seen a lot of their, their playing. I don't know how their, their screen game is, their draw game is. You know, if they have a good screen game going, then they can utilize Yeldon better and keep keep balls from uh, chucking the ball down the field, you know, 45 times. But uh, as far as the, util- the utility players, Yeldon, yes. Robinson, yes. Bortles, if you're in a pinch, possibly. Yeah, I'm sticking away from staying away from Bortles. I don't mind Yeldon. He's gotten a couple of catches per game, so uh, he's useful as a low-end RB2 or a flex play. I agree. You start Robinson. The Patriots cornerbacks are not great. Patriots side of things, I'm all in. I don't think there's much to say. You're playing Brady, Gronkowski, Edelman. Um, are you? Do you fully trust Deion Lewis at this point, especially in a PPR league? Or does Garrett Blount, even though he was a pretty much a non-factor in week two, does his presence and the unpredictability of Bill Belichick, does that scare you away still from Deion Lewis? Yeah, you know, you, you, you can't, you just, the way the history goes, Anthony, you can't be all in on Lewis yet. If you start him, I get it. I see where you're coming from. But, I mean, you, you can't be all in. If you have better options, take him. I mean, the guy is talented, but it's Bill Belichick. You just never know. He's had one good game, you know, where he really did really well. You, you can't trust him just yet. In a in PPR games, Deion Lewis is averaging about 18 points a game. I think he had 16 points in week one. He had over 20 points in week two. Uh, but that's in a PPR format. Much more value in a PPR format. This, to me, is the final game to decide fully on Deion Lewis. If Deion Lewis is the guy again, I think he's the guy, and, and a lot of worries will be put to rest. Um, I don't mind Deion Lewis as a flex play. I can't trust him just yet as an RB2. But give me another game where he's seeing 15 to 18 touches, and, and we'll, a week from now we'll be talking about how Deion Lewis is a must-start going forward, Doug, along the lights of Julian Edelman, Gronkowski. And just as a point of reference, um, in one of my fan duels, and I know, Doug, you signed up for that, I went with the Patriots stack this week. Uh, I made it work. I went Brady, Edelman, and Gronkowski. Uh, I'm looking to capitalize on the the Patriots against the Jaguars matchup. I stacked it. I'm hoping they lead me to victory. Um, so, so that's one play you can consider making is that Patriots stack. Doug, Tampa and Houston at 1 o'clock. I think Mike Evans finally catches some passes this week. Doug Martin, uh, an okay play. I'm not going crazy. Arian Foster doesn't look like he's going to play for Houston. 
That means to me there's not much fantasy action here. I'll go Mike Evans. I'll go DeAndre Hopkins. And I'll probably to a lesser extent go Doug Martin as an RB2. Otherwise, I'm staying away from just about everybody else here. Yeah, and you know what? Right now, uh, I, I, last I checked, uh, Hopkins is still a question mark. He had, uh, mm-hmm. he had uh, injury problems as well, so he's still kind of up in the air. So I'm, he, he makes me nervous as well. I'm, I'm, I may bench him as well. If he's my number one wide receiver, you kind of can't. If he's your number two, you know, you may try to look elsewhere. Yeah, I agree. If, if you need and if somebody in a pinch, if Hopkins does not play and you need somebody in a pinch, Nate Washington has played well for Houston through the first two games. Um you know, his value could take an uptick if DeAndre Hopkins is out and Washington has to become the wide receiver one there in Houston. And you're desperate and you need, like, that last-minute switch. It's 12.50. you got to set that line up. They announced at 12.30 Hopkins can't go. Maybe add uh, or roster uh, um, Nate Washington real quick and you squeeze him in your lineup. Doug, 4 o'clock games. San Francisco at the Cardinals. At this point, Doug, Carson Palmer's a must-start. I don't think you could debate that. The guy has been terrific, almost 500 yards, seven touchdowns to only one interception. Do you agree with me in a 12-team league, you're finding a way to get Carson Palmer in your lineup? Oh, absolutely. He's one of those guys, Anthony, you know, you, you, you pray his knees holds out because he's off to a great start. It's only week two. It's a long season. Um, but he's definitely not even a question right now. He's a must-start guy. If you have him, you probably got him as a, off the waiver wire or you draft him as a backup. And if you did, you struck gold because he's doing it. He, he's, I, I don't see him stopping. Unless he gets hurt, he's going to have a phenomenal mm-hmm. year this year. Yeah, I agree. Running backs in Arizona, I'm staying away from Chris Johnson. Honestly, I'm not even owning Chris Johnson unless I'm desperate. I am owning his backup, though, David Johnson. Uh, you saw an yes. uptick in his workload in week two. Uh, the head coach in Arizona has said David Johnson will again see more. I think what you're looking at by week five, week six, week seven, when Andre Ellington returns, is Chris Johnson falling to the background. Andre Ellington, David Johnson being the focal point of the Arizona running game. Larry Fitzgerald looks terrific this year. 14 catches, 199 yards, and three touchdowns. He could possibly be back to being the Larry Fitzgerald we've missed for the last two, few years. No coincidence that coincides with the return of Carson Palmer. John Brown has been solid as well. I will happily roll out either of those wide receivers this week. Yeah, uh, Larry Fitz. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would be comfortable saying he's a Larry Fitz of old, but. I mean, you know what? A decent Larry Fitz is a lot better than a lot of other people. He looks really yeah. good. I have John Brown in a couple of leagues. I'm more than happy to start him as well. Uh, but I agree. David Johnson, keep him on the bench, see what he does. He's gonna, he'll have some value for you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have no problem starting those guys. They're, they're, they're a solid team. They've been kind of on the brink, Anthony, of being, you know, taking the next step for years now, and they have injury problems here and there. And maybe this is I'm – not, I'm not saying Super Bowl bound, but this is a year that maybe they take a nice leap forward. Yeah, I think Arizona is a playoff-quality team. I really do. Mm-hmm. And it can make a decent little run. San Francisco side of things, don't be fooled by Colin Kaepernick's numbers. A lot of what he put up last week was in junk time. I'm not a lover of Kaepernick. Carlos Hyde, though, is a starting caliber wide, uh, running back. The wide receivers in San Francisco. Torrey Smith had a great game last week. Folks, sell high on Torrey Smith. He he's never duplicated those numbers week in and week out. Don't fall for the hype that he put up. Uh, Anquan Bolden, Carlos Hyde, uh, to a lesser extent, Vernon Davis. If you have some of those injured tight ends, the Jason Witten, Safarian Jenkins, uh, Vernon Davis has looked good this year. He's involved, whereas last year he wasn't even involved. 
Um, those are some San Francisco 49ers I would use uh, in the right situation. Yeah, I agree. For me, it's Hyde, it's Bolden, and those are the only two guys I'm starting in San Fran. If you had Vernon Davis on the waiver wire and you owned Jason Witten, would you add Vernon Davis and start him over the injured Witten? Yeah, I would. I would no problem okay. with that. Yeah, yeah. I That's the role I think Vernon Davis is suddenly put in. Uh, he's becoming fantasy relevant because of the banged up tight ends that you're seeing. Doug Bills uh, traveling to Miami for the late start. Miami sitting at 1-1. One one. Tannenhill, great game last week. Three touchdowns on the season, no interceptions, 585 yards. Buffalo defense, though, is good, although they got lit up a little bit last week. Are you trusting Ryan Tannenhill against this Buffalo defense at home? Yeah, if he, if he's my starter, I'm, I'm trusting him. I mean, he, he's a guy that I, uh, you know, I, I screamed from the rooftops about last year, and I think he's starting to fulfill, uh, you know, what I thought I saw a couple of years ago with him. Um, anybody else in the Dolphins not thrilled about playing? You know, I mean, Lamar Miller, he's a little bit uh, banged up. Yeah, he's uh, questionable crazy. as to whether he'll play even. Yeah, I agree with you, Doug. I'm staying away from Lamar Miller. Yeah, I mean, I mean Tannehill, uh, you know, I'll, I'll play him, but I, I think he's going to, you know, I, I, I believe Anthony, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers were, but I think the, in the first quarter he threw like eight different people. He likes to spread the ball around. That's a good thing about him. He doesn't have one guy he sticks to the entire game. So he's one of those guys where he'll, he'll give me 300 yards, you know, passing, but all his receivers, the highest he gets like 80, 80 yards. Yeah. Jarvis Landry, I, I feel comfortable using Landry in a PPR league. 16 catches, 163 yards is exactly what you said. He's eight catches for 80 yards. But like last year with Jarvis Landry, he's not getting in the end zone yet. Uh, more value with Jarvis Landry in a PPR format than a standard league. Doug, Buffalo side of things, there's been a lot of talk of Tyrod Taylor. I don't believe it. Four touchdowns, three interceptions. I know he's doing things with his legs. Uh, I, I cannot trust Taylor. When I look at this Buffalo team right now, uh, LaShawn McCoy has been okay, not great banged up, but you got to start McCoy. You're probably starting Sammy Watkins as well. You drafted him as probably your wide receiver two in most formats. Other than that, though, Buffalo doesn't entice me offensively much. Yeah, you know, Tyler Tyler, Tyler is, is that guy, you know, he's a tip, as of right now, he's a typical uh, Bills quarterback where, you know, he'll have a big game, people go crazy about him. Next, you know, next week he'll throw for, you know, 85 yards, a touchdown, three picks, and you know, lose three fumbles. I don't, I'm, I'm not buying in either. He's one of those guys. Let somebody else grab him. Don't grab him to the hype. I'll start McCoy. I'll start Watkins. In a pinch, maybe I'll start Clay, and that's about it. There you go, Doug. Final 4:30 game. Chicago Bears traveling to Seattle. The Bears could be in a hot mess this week. Uh, Jay Cutler doesn't look like he's going to play. Alshon Jeffrey is still out injured. Jimmy Clausen's going to start it. Quarterback Eddie Royal missed practice today with a hip injury. Um, you know Wilson it might be the only receiver they have left. Uh, I'm staying away from the Bears. I'll roll with Forte. Uh, Seattle's defense hasn't looked great, but Cam Chancellor is back. Uh, do you trust Bennett? Do you trust Forte? I, I guess you have to because you drafted him probably as your starter stuff. Yeah, uh, like you said, those two guys, Forte, Bennett. Um, if if you're uh, if you're starting Clawson, just just give up now because you have no. Hope. 
And and Alshon Jeffrey, I, I, even if they say he's going to play, I'm going to avoid him. Uh, yeah, I agree. I just don't I know agree. how much action he's going to get. I'll stay away. Seattle side of the ball, you're going to play Russell Wilson. Chicago's secondary is terrible. I think you've got to play Marshall and Lynch. He's due for a couple of touchdowns. Doug Baldwin against Chicago. If you need a flex play, he's a low-end flex player. <clears throat> Doug, how concerned, though, are you about Jimmy Graham? Are you still running him out there, even though he ha- really hasn't been a factor, and now he's starting to get grumpy about it? Yeah, as of right now, you're probably – I mean – He's interesting. I mean, people grabbed him in the in the third round, in the fourth round. If you're lucky, the fifth round. You probably grabbed him early, and you. I mean, you know, the last thing you still got to play him. He's still a talent. Uh, and like you said, he's, he's grumpy about it. Russell Wilson says he, uh, the today he had chemistry with him. So I think because uh, he made some noise, he's going to be the squeaky wheel. He'll get some oil this week. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing. Are you if you. Would you be willing to buy low on Jimmy Graham uh, and try to steal him from another owner in the league who's had enough? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, would you I, I, I offer, mean, would you offer a Tyler Eifert for Jimmy Graham? Whew, that's a tough Sell one. high on Eifert while selling, buying low on Graham. You know what? I would. I, I think Graham's going to end up being a top five or six tight end. You know, he, he won't be the the you know the number two everyone thought. I don't think. I mean, maybe he will, but I, I doubt it. He'll still be a top five or six. But yeah, I, I would do that trade. Fair enough. You know, because that's to me that's the you know you might be able to get him for that. Somebody may see Eifert's numbers. Jimmy Graham is done. Eifert looks good. They may make that trade and. You're really risking, I don't want to say your season, but you're risking a lot on that trade. You better hope you're right um, and that Jimmy Graham's not done yet, at least down in Seattle. All right, All right. Doug, uh, Sunday night, Denver's traveling to Detroit. Peyton Manning, I'm still using him. I'm not giving up hope. Um, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, all must starts. But here's the question about Denver. What are you doing with C.J. Anderson? He's being outrushed by Ronnie Hillman. The Broncos' offensive line has looked god-awful. Are you still playing C.J. Anderson this week? Anthony, I'll tell you what I'm doing this week. I'm sitting back and smiling because I I, I didn't buy into him preseason. And you said preseason how he's one of those guys that you're not going to touch because – you know, there's, you know, you never know with Denver. You know, in a few weeks, he's the third guy down there. But, but I mean, but to your point, I still roll because you know there are plenty of people out there who took him uh, first round, second round. <sighs> Hopefully, Anthony, those people got a Woodhead type person, you know, as their second or third running back. Because like right now, I'm not really trusting the guy. Here's my scenario: Sirius XM Dynasty League. My running back crew is led by Matt Forte, who I have to play. It's a 16-team league, so I have to play Forte against, even against Seattle. Um, the rest of my backfield are Shane Vereen, who I did have active. Nothing I could do about it now. I thought he'd play okay. He's been okay today, not as good as last week. PPR right. format. I have C.J. Anderson and Danny Woodhead. Woodhead has not been in my lineup yet this year. Currently, I do have, in this format, I can use three running backs, I have Danny Woodhead in over C.J. Anderson. Would you do the same? 
Boom. Yeah, I, I just said it. I agree 100%. Woodhead mm-hmm. is one of those guys. Hopefully you got him as your third or even fourth. I mean, I'm sure some people have him as a fifth running back, Anthony. And, and you know what? He's gold. Every year he's one of those guys. You get him in round seven or eight. He's your third, fourth running back. Turnover by the Giants. He got the ball back. That's great. Yeah, and, you know, he fumbles the ball. He, he's gold every year. And yeah, he and he's one of those guys. That, I said it. I think I said it last week. He's one of those guys that plays every game with a chip on his shoulder, and that's mm-hmm. never going to change with him. He's he, he he's definitely. I don't want to say a must start, but easily, easily one of those guys that I'm. I'm if some guy's not doing well, like a Anderson, I'll throw him in in a second without even hesitating. I agree. In a PPR format, he is a PPR gold mine. Um, buy well on C.J. Anderson. No, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't. Okay, fair I, I, you, I, you know, I mean, would you? I don't think I would. Depends on what they want in return. I mean, how well, low is low? Would Would you give up? Would you give up an Allen Robinson for a C.J. Anderson? I wouldn't. No. Would I give up a T.J. Yeldon or a Devonta Freeman? Yes. <sighs> Freeman, maybe Yeldon. No. He's a, well, he's Freeman, a remember, back. Freeman, when Coleman comes back, unless Freeman lights it up, you know, Coleman's going to be the guy. Freeman's yeah. more of a third down back. Yeldon, I, I mean, Yeldon of the Jacks. I mean, Yeldon hasn't looked great either. You know, somebody's giving us T.J. Anderson because they're afraid Ronnie Hillman's going to take over the job. And right. that is a legitimate worry. Um, right. But there are guys I would, you know, if somebody said Rashad Jennings, who's done nothing tonight, or Andre Williams, yes, I would do that. Things like right. that, I would do. But um, Yeldon's not go going to... anywhere, though, Anthony. Say that again? Yeldon's not going anywhere. He's going to be the guy there no matter what, I think. You know, he's not going anywhere. I would, yeah. I would, I would give him up. He's going to be the guy, but does he have I, – I just don't view him as a guy. He's going to be the guy, but if, if, if C.J. Anderson writes himself, he's a significantly better player on a better offense than T.J. Yeldon. Um, True. So that's what you, you, you're counting on. You're making that move counting that, that – uh, C.J. Anderson's going to right the ship, and right. I, I think he will. I don't know if he's going to write it to the point he did last year, but I don't think he's going to be a total washout either. Doug, Detroit in this game, Denver defense has played great all year. If they've created turnovers, they've forced uh, uh, plenty of sacks. Matt Stafford, Amir Abdullah, Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate. Calvin Johnson's a must-start. Uh, is Amir Abdullah the must-start? I know you were super high on him, but the guy's – only run the ball 13 times. He's not getting the touches people thought he would. Um, Abdullah, to me, is at best a flex play. I don't view him as a must-start situation. Golden Tate is a flex wide receiver. Calvin Johnson is a must-start wide receiver one. Are we in agreement on the Detroit skill positions? Yeah, I agree. Abdullah, no, he's not a must-start. He's definitely not. Um, Flex player, yes. I mean, you know, he lit it up week one last week he did nothing and he you know he may be one of those guys like a spiller of old you know he'll give you 25 points one week people are crazy about him and then he's gonna give you a donut next week you know so yeah. i mean if if he's your best option you gotta play him if you have better options would you, would you start abdullah over a spiller or doug martin no i wouldn't denver's defenses look good um i would not have uh abdullah in over either one of those guys i agree all right, Doug, final game of the night, Monday night football, Kansas City traveling to Green Bay. 
uh, Kansas City's one and one. Green Bay is two and zero. Oh. Alex Smith, we know he's not really a fantasy option. Uh, nice NFL quarterback, not much of a fantasy quarterback. Uh, Jamal Charles is a must start. He's averaging just under five yards a carry, 182 yards through two games, 91 yards a game. Travis Kelsey's been terrific. Uh, he's averaging five catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. That is tight end one quality. Jeremy Macklin's been good. Not as great as he was last year, but I don't think anybody expected that out of Philadelphia. Um, but I'll be honest, I'll run, yeah, I'm running Charles, Kelsey, and Macklin out there. Macklin has a low-end wide receiver, two flex play, but uh, they're all finding their way on the field this week. Yeah, I, I, I concur 100%. Just like you said, Alex Smith, no, and all the other guys, yes. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah that's the way it is. Uh, Smith, you know, and Smith is going to have another game or two or three where he puts up, you know, some big numbers and gets you 25, 30 points, and people are going to go crazy mm-hmm. for him. And when that happens, if you have him, try to, try to sell high. There you go. The Green Bay side of things, uh, hopefully if you're an Eddie Lacy owner, you're also a James Starks owner, because now that makes your life easy Monday night. If Lacy plays, great, you put him in. If he doesn't play, you switch him out for James Starks at the last minute. It's an easy move. However, what about the guy who owns Lacy and does not own James Starks? Is there any way you can go and play Eddie Lacy knowing you don't have any option if he doesn't? Well, I'm one of those guys. I, I, I didn't get Starks as my backup. I have Lacy. And uh, you know what? I'm probably going to have to bench him, unfortunately. I'm not, I don't want to take the risk of having a, getting a donut if he doesn't play. Yeah, I agree. Um, Starks was probably one of the top waiver wire ads strictly for that reason. Um, and if you don't have him, you can't use him. Green Bay wide receivers, obviously you're starting Aaron Rodgers. I'm starting Randall Cobb. I'm starting Devontae Adams. And I'm probably going to use James Jones as a as a flex play. Don't go crazy over Jones. You know, James, Jones, James Jones has three touchdowns. Doug, I think I saw the number yesterday. I think he's got four catches on the season, though. Three of them have been touchdowns. Last week, only one catch, 29 yards, but it was a touchdown grab. Is James Jones in the conversation as a must-start? Well, because of the lack of targets and receptions, are the touchdowns just too fluky to count on? Yeah, he's not a must-start. I mean, I think one of those guys who only scores the touchdowns, you know, like like a goal line back, you know, they're not in the must-start category. He's one of those guys that they, like, you know, like we've been saying about a lot of guys, if you have them and, you know, people want them, try to sum high if you can. Package him with somebody else and get somebody better. I mean, you know, people see touchdown and they go crazy. I think uh, nah, he's not – maybe if, if I'm in a pinch, you know, I'll flex him. Or if I'm in a, a league where it's three wide receivers and a flex, yeah, I, I could flex him there. But, I mean, like you said, if he's not going to touchdown, you're getting two or three points from him. I agree, Doug. I agree. Doug, I got a couple of questions on Twitter. I just want to run past you before we end the night. Um, pick me a running back two out of Doug Martin and Duke Johnson. Uh, I have to go with Martin. I agree. A And pick me a flex player. Pick me a wide receiver two out of Jeremy Macklin and Brandon Cooks. Whew, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, I mean, yes, you have, if if Drew Brees is still a question mark, you got to go with Macklin. Fair enough. Now, now, pick me the flex player. 
You've given Doug Martin as the running back two. You've given Macklin as the wide receiver two. Give me the flex player between Duke Johnson and Brandon Cooks. Um, that's tough. I'm gonna, you know, I want to go. I'm, uh, you got to go with Cooks. Whether yeah. Breeze is there or not, he's gonna be the, the number one guy. Uh, I mean, you know, Duke Johnson. He- Sounds like we lost Doug there. Just to finish his thought, um, I agree with him. You got to go Brandon Cooks there as the as the fill in for as the flex player there. And and thanks to everybody on Twitter. Those questions came via Twitter. We do appreciate the questions being put up there. Um, just a quick update on tonight's game before we sign off and wrap up the show. A couple of quick uh, statistical updates. The game right now, Giants are well in command, 25-6 to with about four minutes left. Redskins are putting up some junk time points, uh, fantasy points, not real points. Just some updates. Kirk Cousins, 218 yards, two touchdowns. Matt Jones, three, 38 yards on the ground, um, no TDs. Uh, Alfred Morris has been a non-factor. Jordan Reed, five catches for 70 yards. Pierre Garçon, five for 64. Um, on the Giants' side of the ball, Eli Manning, 238 and a touchdown. Jennings, 11 carries for 32. Andre Williams, 10 for 29 and a touch. Odell Beckham, 7 for 79 and a touchdown. Ruben Wendell, 6 for 75. Larry Donnell, 3 for 32. Um, folks, we are out of time here. On the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show, we actually went way over. We're about 20 minutes over, but a uh, lot to cover tonight, and uh, it was fun. Hopefully you enjoyed the show like you always do. Um, don't forget, follow the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show every Thursday night, 10 o'clock on blogtalkradio.com, as well as iTunes. And doing us a favor, folks, go to iTunes, download, subscribe, rate, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the show. We do appreciate the love. Don't forget, go to rotoballer.com. Great site, great friends. Proud to be associated with them. Listen to Roto Baller Radio every Tuesday night with me and my co-host, Real Talk Raph. We'll go through the waiver wire and all of the weekend's activity that just passed. Roto Baller Radio also adds Wednesday night. They do some daily fantasy football play. You can hear me and Doug every Thursday night at 10 o'clock. We'll do all the start sits for the upcoming week. If you haven't checked out the other site I'm associated with, Draft Valet, go there and check it out. Great site, personal interaction, one-to-one fantasy sports questions with some of the best experts in the sport over at DraftValet.com. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy and our Facebook page, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show as well. For Doug Dadala, who we unfortunately lost, and myself, Anthony Aniano, thanks again for listening, everybody. Good luck this weekend, and we'll also we'll uh, we'll see you next week, and it'll be a lot of fun as always. Good night, folks. Mm-hmm.